What's going on, brother? There he is. Sorry. No, you're hey, all right. Are there fucking cell phone towers in Boston, Rob? Or is it just like a desolate wasteland of Marlboro Red cigarettes and four-leaf clover tattoos? Yeah, no, my, my, uh, my reception's fine. I hit that X fucking button in the corner by accident. I'm just fucking with you, buddy. It's been a minute since I got to make fun of Boston. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Wise Guys Hideaway. We are back for, I mean, I guess our fucking uh, anniversary podcast. We ain't going to hop on and do one tomorrow and the 29th doesn't exist for three more years, which is... The day I started this bitch, about uh, Sonny Francis last year, February 29th, uh, 2020. The first episode dropped, and it's been a hell of a ride, you guys. Yeah. It's but, been great, bro. It has been great. I can't believe it's been a year since Sonny Francis has gone, though. Rest I soul. can't believe it's been a year since Sonny Francis died either. Then again, I guess it does kind of make sense because I am about sick and tired of seeing posts about him. So, about adds up. <laughs> I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> no, well, not that, no. I, I guess I should. I guess I should rephrase that. Not that I ever no, read well-written articles about uh, Sonny Francis. It's just you know when you get the you, you get the atypical fucking you know legendary. You know they don't even actually know his real name. They just call him Sonny. You know what I mean? Like, but <laughs> no, nonetheless, uh, like I said, this. I mean, this is us here at Wise Guys Hideaway. You know what we do. Um, I'm gonna, I'm a little thrown off, man. My last. Uh, my last episode on this podcast was uh, quite professional, if you guys didn't uh, manage to catch it. Uh, big shout out to Scott M. Bernstein again for coming on here and doing that. Can't wait to get him on here again to talk uh, more Hoppa conspiracies and uh, the best friends uh, murder gang in Detroit, as well as uh, he wanted to talk Philly as well. But uh, nonetheless, we'll do the, they'll do the round the table, let you guys get your shout outs in, and uh, we'll get underway here. Go on, Bob. Uh, shout out to the usual guys. Mob King. Scott Bernstein, J. Michael Nyota. All you guys, you guys know who you are. Damn. Yeah. Okay, you're getting real slummish with them shout-outs. You're like, shout-out to the boys. I don't have the paper in front of me, that's why. You're all right, brother. You're all right. David, you got anybody, mate? What do you about? Uh, yeah, um, all the guys over at National Crime Syndicate, of course. Um, I want a big shout-out to Ciro DiPaggio, Arthing Apparel. Um, who else we got? We've got Christian Cipollini. Um, gangsters. Files, who's now Gangsters Underworld, and he Underworld Gangsters or something. Oh, um, Joey Natale and um, Bad Guy Podcast, the guys over at Bad Guy Podcast. Um, Hell yeah, that that's me. Hell yeah, I'm gonna give a shout out as always to uh, Sierra DePaggio, Mob King. Big shout out to him. I hope all the projects go fucking smooth sailing for you, Seth Ferranti. You draft dodging son of a bitch. When are you gonna get on here? No, I'm just kidding. Big shout out to you, Seth. <laughs> I hope all your projects are doing good. Scott, once again, Art Thing Clothing Apparel, uh, all Lost Cause Productions, which is everybody at Tilly Time Tuesdays, Josh Butterwick and myself, everybody at Movie Buff Bromance, Bob Farnsworth and myself. And I mean, obviously, obviously you guys. Um, I got to give a big shout out to uh, my boy Drew Anderson, my tattoo artist at Serenity Tattoo in Port Huron, Michigan, uh, as well as Serenity Tattoo itself. Uh, we forgot Brett Giuliano, boys, and his Dust Bunny Mafia. Um, uh, we guys, did, and we also forgot Uncle Frank's place with the wonderful Casey Robert Oh, Casey, Casey was on the way down, but I'm, I'm glad you got him as you did, though. But uh, nonetheless, if you guys don't know who Brett Giuliano is, he's a friend of ours who started this own little, uh, this little, little thing he does, kind of how we do our Wise Guys Hideaway thing over here, you know, and then uh, me and Rob do scumbag stuff over there, and then Dave does professional stuff over there. Um Brett sort of started up his own little line of uh, comics that he titled uh, Dust Bunny Mafia, and he's selling collector cards now, I believe, or some, so, something along Playing cards, yeah, playing cards. Playing cards, exactly. 
Uh, big shout out to Casey McBride, as David just said. Uh, Larry Mazza and Sammy the fucking bull. Big shout out to both you guys. I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stand you two on here eventually. Um, shout out to Ryan Leone, uh, Danny T, Sammy G, and my boy Keys, my roommate, and my production manager Keys, Adam Keys. That's my dude. And uh, hell yeah, pitter-patter. Let's get at her, boys. Um, you guys wanted to talk uh, the Canadian Mafia, and I'm cool with uh, – Sort of you guys doing like a dossier, a play-by-play, and me just talking shit because uh, the Canadian Mafia has never really been my specialty. If it is not hockey or it is not one Sir John Candy, I do not fuck with it if it comes from Canada, Good, my good people. <laughs> but uh, I kind of want to do a little February wrap-up as we go, too. So I'm going to do uh, February uh, 1st. Uh, Gerlando Albert dies in 2020 at age 74. He was a Sicilian mob boss. Uh, February 2nd, Arnold uh, Squintieri was born in 1936. He was a pretty sophisticated member of the Gambino family. And then February 3rd, and I'll let you guys start her off, we have Pretty Boy Floyd, Charles Arthur Floyd. Uh, that was always going to be my rap name if I ever, uh, you know, decided to pick up the microphone. I figured Machine Gun Kelly did it. Might as well rip off the rest of the Dirty 30 gangsters, right? <laughs> but uh, Charles Arthur Floyd was born uh, in 1904 in uh, February. So you guys want to kick it off? Um, yeah, I mean, um, for me, I mean, um, one of the best families or one of the, the, the kind of um, more uh, organised families, should we say, the Catronis. I mean, the Catronis, um, obviously, they're from Reggio Calabria themselves, um, and they come over, I believe, uh, to Canada in the 1940s, or um, they come over to kind of, by the 1940s, they'd already become synonymous um, in Canada, um, what, I mean, were they fleeing? Were they fleeing World War Two? Were they fleeing uh, persecution for World War Two? You said 1940s. That I mean, that's around that. It's it, it's that fish, but uh, well, it's like anything, Ian. Was it? I mean, um, back in the 19. Sorry, it was the 1920s that their parents come over. Um, like there was a huge um, exodus from southern Italy and Sicily over to America because, I mean, people seem to forget that Italy was um, a split state, north and south. Uh, the north kind of had the money and has always kept the south part of Italy um, under its boot, I suppose. So um, they were very much... Um, a lot of the southern Italians had a lot of disadvantages and there was a lot of discrimination and stigma from the north who had the money, the power and the control. So a lot of people mm -hmm. did leave um, uh, southern Italy, America, for the riches that were rich in Everybody good? Everybody good? <laughs> yeah, Dave's breaking up a little. I know, my motherfucker's getting hit up by uh, publishers and shit. We're going to lose him here soon. I am breaking up, Rob. Oh, there he is. There he is. Can you hear us, Dave? Yeah, no, I can hear you fine. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's gloomy and shitty and rainy over here, so I can only imagine England. It's you know, I wonder... Nice. I wonder why uh, Catroni or, or a lot of these uh, Canadian mobsters chose Canada. You know, was it because there was already too many Lacos and Osher people in the U.S. and they decided to try their hand elsewhere? Yeah, I, mean, I, I would. I would think so. I don't know. David probably know better, but just me speculating, I would fucking say that. Well, it's. I suppose it, it come down to um, wherever. I, I, I don't want to say that um, a lot of Sicilians headed towards America, um, and a lot of the kind of Calabrian side, which would obviously be Endangita, um, headed for Canada. 
because uh, obviously Canada being um, has got a very very strong connection with the Calabria Mafia around Anderson. So I don't know whether or not it's because of that. I wonder if there was just more money in the er- in the early eras to be made running the drug tra- the drug trade through. Uh, Canada, like Canada, via the via the, the Canadian mafia family, uh, instead of trying to you know, set, set up shop in New York or Philly or Jersey or you know Detroit or something like that, and then have to, you know brush shoulders with fucking another family or if you're in New York, another five family. Uh, especially, I mean, especially during this time period when everything's uh, you know sort of dog eat dog world in the mafia. There's a there's a structure. Don't get me wrong, but like it's a it's a it's a pretty brutal one. Mm. But then again, again, Canada mob history is David Breckler's expertise. So, uh, what do you think? Uh, No, I wouldn't say uh, the Canadian side. I think there's. um, I've always had a a kind of, uh, I suppose, a penchant for Canada because for me, it's just a completely different setup in Canada. to what America was. I mean, if, if Canada would have been left, I mean, it was only recently that they were able to bring down the biggest family there, the Rizzutos. Um, yeah. And that was only a few years ago. But if you look kind of the Gambinos, Genovese, uh, Colombos, all of their big bosses were taken out a long time ago. Scott Bernstein told me that there's a mafia war of biblical proportions. I'm quoting him here. Uh, happening in Canada. I I, tr- I tried to make the little, uh, you know, off the cuff sort of smart wiseacre comment that, you know, the Canadian mafia uh, pound for pound in the Detroit mafia um, definitely could have given, you know, any of the other, you know, families, at least individually, a run for their money as far as uh, uh, stature, power and uh, finance wise. And Scott chimed right in and just shot me down. He said, well, you might have been able to make that argument in 2009 for Montreal or Toronto or Canada, but uh he said that there's a, a mob war of biblical proportions going on over there, Dave. you know anything about that? Well, I, I'll tell you what I don't, um, and obviously I'm going to bow down to Scott's um, expertise. Um, but um, what's been happening in Europe, we've had three extremely huge um, seizures. There was one in Italy uh, at um, the the. Giao Toro, I don't know if I pronounced that right, Giao Toro, um, a port in southern Italy, in Calabria, um, southern Italy, where um, they found uh, a couple of tons of coke um, or seized a couple of tons over, over a week. And then after that, there was a, a huge haul in England. Um, we literally had a seizure of double our, no, sorry, half of the yearly amount in one shipment. So normally what comes into Britain was found, half of it was found on one ship. And then they just had another one in Germany. Um, there's, uh, was it Germany? No, because Germany hasn't got a port, has it? <laughs> oh, no, because they've got the rivers. Yeah, of course yeah, they I have. Say, I, think, I thought, I thought. Yeah, I'm trying to, yeah, it's just, I'm, I'm trying to think what port it was that they just recently ran, uh, uh, um, seized. And they got another something um, like four billion street value of four billion pounds worth of cocaine. So oh my God. it's coming up from Paraguay and Colombia. And obviously there's a lot of connection between Canada. There's always been a lot of connection between Canada and South America in respect to the drugs business. Of course, uh, the risottos themselves uh, were involved through Venezuela. Um, so, um, 
something there's something going on there is something that is seriously going on and for me um i i, I believe that it's all pointing back to englangata but that is that's just me that's my own um my own view my own perspective um i, I it's as if englangata are, are kind of they've been the sleeping giant for so many years and kind of till the 80s and they've, they've been sort of building and building and now they're huge i mean they're the biggest mafia in the world so um, I, I think a lot they, of it they are like uh, size wise or finance wise, both, both, both. And the thing is with Englangata as well, you may have a boss in Canada, but the boss is always, always, always in Calabria, always. Um, they're just uh, um, kind of caretaker bosses when they may be the big boss in whatever area, but there is always a, that one big boss above them. Yeah, no, I feel just like how, uh, even in something like a, like a New York family, you know, like a Gambino or a Bonanno family, a captain may seem like a god or sort of like an untouchable boss to like a certain block or a certain neighborhood in Bensonhurst or, you know, in uh, Manhattan. Or, but at the end of the day, they're, they're a captain or, you know, they're a, spoke, they're a spoke in the wheel. But, you know, to their neighborhood, you know, like to, uh, to, Ocean, uh, to Ocean Park, Queens, you know what I mean? Uh, you know, God, he was God. Or to like uh, Bensonhurst, Brooklyn, you know what I mean? Like... Uh, I mean, you name them like they were they were the guys. But like you just said, there's there's always somebody who seems to be sitting just just slightly above the horizon waiting for you to bring that bag like a, you know, like a good henchman. Take out take out Tommaso um, Bruschetta and any other boss that you're kind of look back in history. Whenever they've been on the run, they've been found like half a mile from their home. Yeah, <laughs> they are well protected by their whether it's through respect or a mixture of both. Who knows? But they are very much well um, protected in their hometown. So why go anywhere else when you can hide better at home than you can? It's like hiding in plain sight. Yeah, no, I mean, tr- I mean, truthfully, because I mean, if uh, if everybody in the neighborhood either doesn't owe you money or, or you know owe you their life, so they're dodging you regardless, or you know they owe you a favor, or you know they're bound to owe you a favor, or I mean they're just so terrified of you that I mean they want to fucking be nice to you, or at least you know try to stay out of your way as as much as much as they can. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to shout up to let Robin because I feel conscious that Rob's not got much in yet. Yeah, I wish he'd fucking chime in. You bossing <laughs> people, you're supposed to be real going interrupting and just sort of barging your way into places. What's going on with that? That's what you're good at. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Michigan is a breed you know, of their own. But what do you think, Rob? I know you're a pretty well versed. Uh, can- yeah, I think the Canadian, I think the Canadian Italian mafia is one of the most underrated, you know, families out there. They're you know, especially going back to the Rizzutos, I mean, the Rizzutos were a fucking powerhouse, a powerhouse. Yeah. And there's actually this one guy that uh, Dave and I have uh, have talked about, uh, Richard Blass. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't, you know, I don't know. I mean, I guess you could call him a, a mob. So this guy, he was a fucking nut. He, he was racist against all the Italian uh, mob guys there. But um, That sounds like a great episode. Get him on. No, no, he's dead. <laughs> you just picture that some dude on here just like throwing fucking guinea or dago around like they're hot, like it's hotcakes. Just like, just every other fucking words, a slur. I just, I can't put the episode out. That'd be hilarious and not funny all at once. Yeah, Blast, he was um, shot and killed by the police in uh, 1975. He was, um, he was on the run. He, he escaped jail a couple times, but um, this guy is such a nut that 
he went to um the bar called I got it right here somewhere. Uh, what is the name? This part of the podcast is brought to you by marijuana, where you just lose track. <laughs> marijuana, smoke some of that. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't get the uh, I I guess I don't he get the bar name, but bar um, somewhere hopefully by a harbor, and then what happens? Well, he shot and killed um a guy in there, and then a couple weeks later, okay, now not not a day later, not a couple hours later, a couple weeks later, he decides that he you know that oh you know I left witnesses in the bar, so let me go back and kill the witnesses, and he literally burns the fucking building down <laughs> with everybody inside of it. Yeah, I mean. That's uh that's one way to do it. No, I've not seen from casino. No. Uh, that that is definitely one way to do it. I'm gonna chime in here real quick, and we're gonna get a couple of more of these kicked off the list, guys. Like I'm doing a raffle or something. On February fourth, Anthony Delappy was killed in 1990 at 53. He was uh, allegedly set up to be murdered by none other than the uh, mafia murder cops Louis Epolito and Stephen Caracappa, who worked underneath uh, Anthony Gaspipe Casso. Now, February fifth, Riachi Segura. Was killed in 2007. Apparently, he's an alleged uh, Tokyo gangster. I'm uh, I'm deriving all of this from the National Crime Syndicate uh, Facebook page and website. Uh, just in case everybody's curious that, like, I seem confused at some of the things I wrote. You're like, but you wrote them. And I'm like, yeah, that doesn't mean I, you know, understood them. Um, so, yeah, apparently, Tokyo gangster. Oh, February 6th. Now, this 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 is one of my motherfucking dudes right here. Lucky Buckhalter. I still got to do, a, I still gotta do like, a really in-depth episode on him. Was born in uh, 1897. Uh yeah, Lucky Buckhalter, the only uh the only actual mob boss to ever be put down in Old Sparky. Yep. That's uh Anastasia was pretty close. What what'd you say? Anastasia was pretty close to being Yeah, yeah, Anastasia was pretty close. Carmine Galante had his own little uh seat on the throne, you could say, but uh yeah, most uh most of the time, the government, I, he does got one of my favorite quotes too when uh Dewey finally cornered him and said, Where are all your powerful uh you know, high and yeah, mighty friends Mr. now. Martin. Yeah, I'm beginning to wonder. You know, yep. that old that old timey TV voice too, because you know for a goddamn fact nobody actually sounds like this. But nonetheless, when we're watching old TV, this is how we go through it. You know, I kind of feel feel for Buckalter because, uh, like, he was betrayed Everybody by you know fucked. his closest friends. You know, yeah, Anastasia was protecting him and hiding him for a while, and yeah. then. Uh, you know, then they turned him in. And that's another thing how we're, you know, we know how everybody feels about rats and everybody's opinion on that. But, you know, now what they did to him is they set him up, had him busted by police. You know what I mean? Is that everybody not rat? I'm glad you said that, Rob, because it, it, I, it, it, if, you're, if you're speaking, regardless of why you're speaking to law enforcement, if you're speaking to law enforcement and you benefit from it, you're right. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Whether you're doing it to get rid of another family or, or to get rid of drug dealers or whatever, it ain't part of the game. That ain't part of the game. That That's not part of the judges. So make sure you don't go to jail. Yeah, because you're not grassing up to judges. That's more than likely blackmail or bribery because you caught them with their trousers down with some young boy or something. But no, nah, mate, not not it's 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 wrong. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean they're definitely the worst of the worst. I mean, you look look at like a double doubling bags of them real quick, like a Louis Apolito and a Stephen Caracaba. It's just like you guys are just the biggest pieces of fucking shit on the entire on the entire face of the planet. But that's such a weird speculation to say because like we'd either have to take all rats out of the, like the scenario, or like 
or there's got to be some of that wiggle room. Because let me tell you something, fucking rat, no rat, I don't give a shit, snitch, no snitch. I would not want to run across Whitey Bulger, Greg the Grim Reaper Scarpa, or, and his second shout out of the podcast, Sammy the Bull Gravano. Sammy, <laughs> get the fuck on her. <laughs> yeah, don't don't get me wrong. I think the lowest form of rat is when you get busted and then, you know, you're facing yeah. a lot of time and then you decide to rat on your friends. That's the worst part. But my, my point is, is people would be amazed at how much, you know what I mean? I just love that people Mob like guys bypass did. around the ones that they like. Like I see, I see some hardcore rat hating motherfuckers on anything that you got. That Sammy on anything you guys, but they 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 fucking love Mazda. You know what I mean? Or mm. uh, are there big are there big Scarpa fans? Are there big Jimmy Calandra fans? Are there big uh fucking Joey what's his nuts from Goodfellas fans? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, but no, I mean like seriously, everybody seems to be like it's just like if you're a notable one like uh. Like, cause I hate rats, but I do like some of them cause some of their books are really good. I, I'll never be able to fucking have some, any kind of soft spot for fucking Phil Leonetti. It won't happen. Ugh. I don't care if I get him on here. I'm going to make him hang up. I'm a dog his ass till he fucking <laughs> hangs up. And then I'm not going to send him any money either. I'll tell him, I'll tell him I'm going to pay him and I'm going to fucking rip and run him. Well, it looks like that's not happening now. So the Phil Leonetti episode's never coming. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it's like even, even Carlo Gambino gave an order to Paul Castellano to give the cops information when um that drug kingpin who went on the run, he's still out there today. He has been caught. Frank Matthews, he lived across from Paul in uh, Todd Hill, Staten Island. And um, I don't know if you, he was bringing a lot of heat on the neighborhood and everything like that, but, and on the Italian mafia in general, because they were working with him at one point. And Gambino supposedly ordered Castellano to start writing down whatever plate numbers they seen at Matthews's house, and then they turned around. And they You're talking about Frank Matthews, the, the dope dealer, right? Yeah. I, yep. I, ironically enough, he was born in February too. February thirteenth, yep. he is uh, born nineteen forty-four. I can see Paul Castellano sitting in his window, fucking jotting down plate numbers. <laughs> I, you know, I actually stumbled upon watching a um one of those all like mobsters uh, episodes, the one that it's all like damn. Dun, 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 dun. And like they, you know, that's the whole little fucking intro thing. They sound, they're like extortion, murder. Like the theme song is really overdone. NCS does it better, but hey, everybody, you know, everybody's got to start somewhere. But no, I, uh, I actually watched through uh, Big Paul and like just Big Paul, not like oh, I was watching about Carlo, so it led into Big Paul, or I was you know looking up more Gotti shit, so it, you know led to me. But I actually can't even click on a Gotti video at this point. I'm just I'm fucking Gotti out. I'm, I'm yeah, I'm I'm burnt. Oh, yeah. I mean, there's nothing really else that we can learn about him. And, you know, speaking of stuff yeah, that happened yeah. in this month, uh, we lost Peter Gaudi a few Yo, days Danny ago. Danny Trejo said it how it fucking was on the Gambino forum the other day. You know, like, he, uh, it, I forget what it was, but he, he made this big old spiel about, like, uh, don't everybody in this group go hopping on uh, fucking uh, Peter's dick. Uh, he like you know he wasn't a he wasn't a smart guy he wasn't a fucking you know what I mean like he was only ever there because of his brother's type of deal and man whoo, did that cause a little bit of static you know some of them fanatics over there in that Gambino group they just can't help themselves. <laughs> I'm serious it's my group that I started as my baby from the ground up and it's fucking just one of the worst fucking groups from time to time like sometimes it runs real solid everybody's cool everything's real smooth I'm like this is great and then like for like three weeks straight it's just like this is a fucking shit show over here like what is like. Regardless, I mean, he, he can they can sell their life, but he's still done his time. Oh he's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, most definitely. No, he's most definitely done. I guess all um all Danny T was trying to say. I'm actually excited to have him on the podcast as well because uh, 
he's an ex head knocker from uh from the Bronx. Uh, I mean, he he might have moved down to Florida. You know, he got got dodged the cold in the Fed somehow. But yeah, I'm excited to have him and uh, old boy Sammy G from Philly on again. Uh, Sammy had a really good time on here. Fucking like, I mean, that dude, that dude's an archiving motherfucker, man. If you guys need anything fucking like tackled in Philly as far as like research or there's like a a pick of something you'd like or I'm gonna send both of you guys the uh, pic- the picture he got of uh um angelo bruno's grave that he's that he sent to me he's all like yeah it's like 10 minutes from my house bro he's all like come out to philly you can stay with me i'm all like bet boston's right there do a east coast tour <laughs> why not yeah it's a, it's a few hours it's about a five yeah, hour Rob, drive I'm from michigan from, uh, we're fucking if you live in the yeah what it takes an hour to go to the corner <laughs> store real. like i mean is that one, like, like any, if, if you're in michigan like anywhere else once you hit the expressways like i mean you're good right but like if you got to ride the like the the sideline highways, I'll call them like the fucking like Michigan's got a lot of roads and none of them are properly taken care of, I might add. And uh, I mean, they're they're just they're fucking Chicago. Yeah, for real. Chicago eats your heart out. I've heard other cities be like, oh, dude, we got the worst road. I'll tell you, what, I've been to most of your guys' cities with the exception of, you know, Audis, Boston, all that. I'll be the judge. And uh it just doesn't compare, man. I know when I fucking go from Ohio to Michigan in 30 seconds. They'll say, welcome to Michigan. Like, for real, you just, yeah, it's uh, it's incredible that anybody around here can keep a vehicle. I mean, obviously not not myself I'm not talking about, but. <laughs> so keep on plugging away at the Canadian family, fellas. Dave, you did say you did know about the war that was going on, or you were just as shocked as I was at Scott. No, um, I, I, um, they, they, as I say, I mean, there's something going on. I, I, um, I'm not kind of got my ear to the ground um, as much as Scott has on that respect. But as I say, with the, the three, and we're not talking insignificant fines. I mean, we're talking tonnage. Um, and, and and as I say, it's like in um, one shipment we had six months worth. Uh, I mean, that's six a huge worth of cocaine. By six... whose estimate? By FDA's estimate or by my estimate? Because I'll, I'll be well, that's I'll be the the... <laughs> what six months worth of cocaine looks like. <laughs> that's uh, yeah, cool. It's kind of um, the White Star Line brings a different name to that, doesn't it? Was it the White Star Line that Titanic was? No wonder that sunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no shit. No shit. But no, Jesus I mean there is it's it's kind of and especially don't forget you've also um over in Italy you've also got the um biggest mafia trial for three decades with the maxi trial against Andalangisa where I think it's over three hundred and fifty-five um suspected members. But they're also adding associates and, and other members, it seems daily. Um, and then they're not insignificant number of being arrested either. We're not like three or four. You're talking about three hundred, right? Yeah, that's that's in trial now. But the the kind of stuff that's going on around the side of the trial is all Andalangita linked. So I don't know if someone has flipped at the very top um, and they've kept it quiet while his trial is going on. But there's a lot that's been going on lately that that's just wow. Where are they getting all this information from? There was. The the German one, reckon, the the German one they reckon was um, uh, someone in the Netherlands that that tips off the police, but it was all coming from the same place. It was all um, wrapped up in bananas. All the all the kind of cargo was the same. So therefore, you've got to assume it's been coming from the same areas. And if it's coming from the same areas, and especially the weight that was coming over, it's got to be. Oh, yeah. It's got to be one family involvement. And when you consider, 
I mean, if we're talking about six months' worth of cocaine in one shipment, you've got to think, who's got the money to buy that? And the only people that have got the money at the moment are Ndrangheta. There's, there's kind of... Um, well, especially... easy now, easy now. Any one of the fucking Mexican cartels could buy it. Not in England, bro. <laughs> Oh, oh, yeah. In, in England? We haven't got a lot of Mexicans over here. We haven't got a lot of um, Yardies yet. There's Yardies here. Um, and that's a confusing thing. The the shipment was actually allowed to go through, and they followed it to North London, Tottenham in North London. I think it was Portsmouth they allowed it through at. Oh, okay. Um, I thought they were trying to get it in in Canada. You're saying they're trying to get that shit up there in England. Yeah, but what, I'm, yeah, like, what I'm, I'm, I'm retarded, man. I'm supposed to be yeah, your but, friend and shit, and I'm like half <laughs> But what I'm saying, Ian, is that with, with what Scott was saying about there being uh, the mother of all wars happening in... in biblical, kind of said. Biblical, biblical. Exactly. Right. And if you've got all of this cocaine that's all of a sudden coming out of South America, I mean, it, we're, again, we're talking, shit, we better get rid of this in one go kind of thing. That's how much yeah. weight we're talking. And three, I wonder how much of it was actually uh, fentanyl. I wonder how many lives they just saved. Well, the thing is, as well, all three areas, I mean, Germany are very much Endlengata linked. Obviously, Calabria, the, the port itself, is run by the Endlengata. Um, and I, I've, I've said for quite a while now that I believe that there is uh, quite a, a, a hefty number of Endlengata over here, um, yeah. taking advantage of um, the county line situation we've got. I, I, I'm not sure if you're aware that England is made up like you're made up of states. We're made up of counties. Yeah, oh, we're counties? made up of that's counties. How the, that's how the states are made up inside themselves as well. Yeah, oh, so counties. you've got like you've got the big city. So you've got Leeds, you've got Manchester, you've got London, you've got Birmingham. And what's happening is the gangs from those city areas are kind of branching out into the more rurals and into the towns and urban areas. And they're literally getting kids to do their work for them because you're not going to – some 13-year-old's not going to get four years – for being for holding drugs, um, whereas the adults would get like ten to twelve years. So, um, I, I wouldn't be surprised with the expansion of that at the moment over here in this country and what's going on in England. That it's if we kind of scratch beneath the surface, I don't think Angelangata is going to be too far behind. Now, as far as this trial going in Sicily, Rob, are you and David here uh, keeping good uh, archives on this? Because I am not. No, I don't follow. To be honest, I haven't. I wonder. Uh, I do wonder because I like I have been reading, um, you know, uh, via the internet, if you will, that uh, the Russian mafia is actually coming up in some big ways. So now that's really got me uh, sort of thinking about Dave. Uh, David's little, like, I wonder who done it, who gave up, the, you know, fucking four hundred tons of pure fine you know colombian bam bam just doesn't get you know got up to the port but by, by anybody you know i mean there's tons of people who there are from the second that got seized the body count just started clocking you know what mm. i mean like but for i mean for me the russians um they've kind of they seem to be more understanding of digital technology and they've taken their stuff online um i know i just want to put it past the russians to dog out the italian mafia <laughs> I want the Russian Italian love for you, but you, I mean, you know, you know where you guys come from. I'm Irish. We're pieces of shit too. Who cares? That might not be that far behind, you know, the, the a Russian, uh, the, the next war. But then they're, they're probably working together. And there's no, I mean, if you look back at the French connection, 
um, the pizza connection. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if there's something very, very similar now. And the three seizures that we see in Europe with the cocaine was part of this kind of bigger um, thing that's going on. But the weights that have been, that's the thing, it's the weight. I mean, it's, it's, it really is like, wow. <laughs> when you, you guys are going cocaine crazy over there, man. I was just watching a Drugs Inc. episode about uh, England. Uh, you guys are fucking, you guys are starting to look more and more like fucking America over there with the uh, fentanyl rate and the fucking all that shit. You know what I mean? It's building up, bro. It's building up. I think I, I think I seen that same Drugs Inc. episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, about. yep. I fucks with Drugs Inc. I fucks with Drugs Inc. primarily because they find people who are dumb enough, like, I mean, I probably would be too, don't get me wrong, to be like, yeah, you can follow me to do drugs and as long as you block out whatever you sound like, there's nothing going to catch up to me. Like, I'm like, yes, sir, that's right. That's that logical dope dealing thing that got you here in the first place. Like. Yeah, there, there is, it's, it's it, as I say, I mean, I, I, you can't put your finger on what's going on, but there is definitely something going on. And with Scott saying that, and I, obviously I wasn't aware of that, but with Scott saying that, it kind of, um, yeah, you kind of think I, I, I don't know. I, I've just got this feeling that Angela Angus are, are making a push for for world domination in respect of organized crime uh, between them and the Russians. I see. Like uh, that's the thing. Do you think they can ever really achieve that sort of status again? Uh, well, when you, t- I because mean, because if they're rich, hold on, I gotta get this thought out real quick. Because if they're rich, you know, if if, if they're this big powerhouse to be then how rich are the motherfuckers who sent that give-up load to the fucking Antwerp or wherever guy, uh, Yeah, but that's the thing, though. Getting it from South America, you're paying pennies. You're paying once pennies. It hits, once it hits Colombia, it's worth fucking uh, $5,000 a key. Yeah, but then as soon as it hits over here, you're talking 10, 12. Well, I, I'm not sure. What's the price in America? Price of a kilo in cocaine in America, roughly between twelve dollars and $15,000. So if you what's that? Yeah. What's that? Pounds? I have no fucking idea. Anytime I try to send you any kind of money, you fucking take some. Sounds like we're doing international drug deals. Yeah, yeah, no shit. They're all like, oh well now you're on, on there too. Well I hope to God we get indicted for shit we say on this podcast. Just cause like we can go back and like get the evidence and it'll be fine and sitting in jail is gonna suck for a bit. But it'd be hilarious. It'd be nice to come hilarious. over. I I'm not allowed over there as it is because of my criminal record. So it would be nice to actually like, so FBI, if you're listening, um, come and grab me. Come and let, let me right. go over America for a few weeks. Hey, the feds, whatever murders you didn't solve on the crazy end, I done them over there. England, jolly old. <laughs> it was me. I was, um, yeah, I was the two bodies in the tunnel last man. year, they were me. <laughs> I'm going to regret that one. They're like, the two bodies in China, you say they was you, was they? Fucking, like, next thing you know, I got fucking old Bill over here. He's wearing a big dumb hat. I got to get on a plane. <laughs> oh, where man. We? So, yeah. <laughs> oh, we're, uh, we're off track. As always. Ooh, actually, now that you mentioned that, though, I, just, I should get a couple of these out of the way. February 7th is Frank uh, Bella. Bella. There you go. Oh, there sure. you go, boys. Thanks. That's why I keep you guys around. He died in 1993, uh, like the scumbag that he was at age 74 in Milwaukee. I really don't know if he was a scumbag or not, but I don't really research people who were, you know, the greatest guys. So, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, don't don't get it wrong. We all make mistakes. February 8th, Vincent Cole died. And uh, Vincent Mad Dog Cole, well, he didn't die. Or, yeah, I guess he was shot and then he died later. But he died in 1932 at age 23. Vincent Cole is one of my favorite uh, early age 
or like uh, you know early 19th century uh, organized crime, just sort of wild card, man. He reminds me of like a Billy the Kid, or like I, like I always call him the Sid Vicious of the mafia, dude. Like he just he could for really. I mean, he's fucking in, he's out, he's fucking he goes hard, kills a lot of people, and he's fucking clipped by twenty three, bro. Never stood a chance. Never made like any kind of crazy money, but was definitely uh, a very sort of watched individual. That you know, like don't don't take your eye off Vincent. He'll he'll fucking kill you. Didn't he? Um, didn't and he then, kill a kid or something? Or a leg? Yeah, Vincent Mad Dog Cole was a mad fucking dog, bro. He was a he was a serial killer. Yeah, I don't I don't think that was on purpose. The kid. I think it was that. I think that was a kid that was uh, hit yeah. by stray gunfire. Unless no, I'm no, thinking was, of a different, yeah, it, different it was, time. It was straight gunfire, but uh, I mean, you go in, you go in with a hundred, a hundred round drum, uh, forty-five caliber fucking Thompson machine gun, or a thirty-three caliber, whatever the fuck they were back then, and you just open it up. You know what I mean? You're kind of. Uh, I mean, I personally think Vincent Cole would have been a, a serial killer if he had not fallen into the organized crime. I mean, he probably would have, you know, killed prostitutes for a stretch, and then ended up killing somebody, you know, more formidable and going to old Sparky. So I mean, and then February 9th, one of my favorite actors of all time, one of my favorite supporting actors of all time is born. Joe motherfucking Pesci is born in 1943. And Jazzy. All right. You guys can continue with your facts or whatever it is about the Canadian mafia. <laughs> well, you guys really, you guys really say that fucking, uh, you think, like, I mean, David said this, like, I can't lump, lump fucking you in. Actually, I'm going to lump you two together. Fuck it. You guys really think that they're sort of trying to make a play for, like, top organized crime faction, family, whatever you want to call it, in the world. Like, that's your, that's sort of the theory. Well, in Delangata or the Rizzuto? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Well, in Delangata, yeah. Um, I think they, they've kind of, um, they're making a play. Um, they've been building and building and they're making the play. This is just, I mean, it's based on nothing whatsoever other than what I read and, and my own no, imagination. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This isn't factual information. It's just, as I say, my perspective, my opinion. I could be totally, totally, totally wrong. Um, but as I say, I mean, unless there is a play coming up from South America and they wanted to flood the streets of Europe, I don't know, but... Um, we haven't had much dealings over here with um, South American cartels. So is it a play for them because something's closed off in America? I don't know, but it's just it's just way, way too much weight. I mean, if, if, if it would have hit, you, you would have probably been in that amount of coke that it would have been about. It would have been like £5 a gram, which is what, about $7.5, <laughs> you know what I mean? Because yeah, it would just been anywhere. Yeah. It would just been too much. Which, on the opposite side, is it now going to go up? Be interested. I mean, I don't do it anymore, thankfully, but it'd be interesting to know how much the price goes up with everything that's been found. Oh, it's going to fucking skyrocket. I personally don't do it anymore either, not for any moral or because, like, I'm trying to get right with God reasons, but because these motherfuckers out here are cutting it with fentanyl. And, uh, yeah, that, that's uh, not the high I'm trying to ride, ladies and gentlemen. No. Listen, dope dealers, pieces of shit alike, if you could do me just one favor when you're cutting these bulk quantities of drugs, just fucking cut the drugs, man. What like what was ever wrong with a little bit of, you know, simple cocaine or simple heroin? Where the fuck did fentanyl have to start getting thrown into every fucking thing on the planet for? And then not only that, motherfuckers are pressing fake pills with it, like Xanax pills, uh, Percocet, shit like that. And I mean, and the shit's fucking killing people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, it's so strong that they... You know, that's why they started cutting with the heroin. I mean, because it was so strong, they only needed a tiny bit. So the pop, uh, profit margins 
were crazy. And I mean, I, I never knock anybody for uh, doing what they're going to do to make money, but don't cut it with something. It, yeah, I mean, fifteen fifteen hundred dollars a kilo, isn't it? Fentanyl. Fentanyl, yeah, it's it's fucking dirt cheap. You can you can like double your not double your weight, but you can you can add a nice little uh little hoofer boofer to your the weight of your uh of your heroin. And the, I mean, and the problem is, uh, I mean, that's how fucking strong people want it, man. I was uh, watching a documentary yesterday about this pharmacist in Louisiana whose son got killed in new Orleans. And, uh, like that's how the documentary starts, right? They take you on a rabbit hole. It's, uh, it's called the pharmacist really good. Actually. I recommend it. And, uh, it showed this guy and how he was one of the early advocators for, uh, like sort of putting a really like a tighter grip on things like Oxycontin, uh, Percocets, things like that. He he was uh, sort of at uh, ground zero for pill mills, if you will, in 1999 and 2000 when Oxycontin was the biggest thing on the planet and, and I quote, alleged to be safe and non-addictive. I mean, as opposed to as opposed to what? I don't know. That was a really good move on their part. They never listed anything in the brochure. They're like, safe and non-addictive. It's like, what? As opposed to crack? Like, I get maybe, like, you know, but but no, it's really good. So like, it doesn't surprise me. People keep wanting more and more, you know, potent highs, pure and pure highs. How the fuck do you think we went from, you know, powdered cocaine to freebase and the crack from, uh, you know, MDMA, uh, uh, you know, powder to pressed ecstasy pills that are cut with heroin to, to MDMA or Molly just straight up. That's a big fucking crystal and kids just want to, you know, dance their ball. I mean, we look how strong weed's gotten, Dave. I mean, Dave, you're a dinosaur. You remember when weed sucked. Um, I, do you know what? It, it, it was just a... Bush, Wigs. Yeah. And then when it started, I mean, when it becomes skunk, I mean, it's so much different and so much more powerful. Um, you guys got fucking uh, dispensaries and wax and cartridges and no, over there yet? No. See, this is, this is why they fucking. Yep, yep. Oh, yeah, I, I, I do. I do here. They have to have them in Boston. I've got nothing here. They got nothing. You've got nothing here? No wonder they were shipping 400 tons of cocaine in there. Give the people <laughs> some weed. <laughs> Everybody's freaked out of their mind. It's it's kind of it's one of those conversations that keeps going round and round and round and um, about decriminalisation, legalisation of um, cannabis, and also of like, uh, but it, and class age. But it's the the conversation is improving. The conversation's getting wider. More things are starting to happen. I think. Um, there's kind of a lot more research going into psychedelic drugs and the benefits they have in respect of mental health. So um, there's a lot that's kind of, there's a lot more positive things happen with such a negative drug, if you like, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like, I don't think uh, either, and I don't think uh, uh, like psilocybin or um, LSD is, I mean, really, all that harmful if done in moderation and done right. I know a few people who suffer from PTSD who say they really like enjoying Whitey uh, Bulger. Like <laughs> What's up? Whitey Bulger. He was a great, I mean, they they gave him LSD um, experience. Yeah, so money, okay, but like, I mean, that's like, uh, that's like the line from the movie Scream where he's all like, movies don't make psychopaths, movies make psychopaths more creative. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Is is it, not like Whitey Bulger had he had not been fed fifty hits would have you know gotten out of Alcatraz after multiple assaults you know attempted rapes bank robberies etc and been like you know what I am gonna give my life to the parish nah fuck that he was never gonna do that did the LSD make the sort of irresistibility to kill at like the drop of him being disobeyed yeah I do kind of think that because uh. 
I mean, it was it was a handful of times, and he you know when he got time off, and like it was fifty times, John. Like, yeah, I mean, I don't think it was worth it, and I don't think he knew what he was getting himself into. Oh, after that, the first, you know what I mean? How don't, uh, don't give how me that. bad after that was. Did he did he? Maybe after the first time, yeah, yeah. Because I mean, I mean, it, it literally fucked him up for the rest of his life. I read in his diaries that um he would get severe headaches. He would have to sleep with the light on. Uh you know, just crazy yeah, I can't shit imagine like they're that. dosing you up on uh, these micro dots and uh, putting you in a pleasant place to watch cartoons. They were probably fucking experimenting on you know some some pretty wicked wicked shit when it came to Whitey Bulger. Like you know the the worst the worst the criminal the worst. Like, see, I don't get it. I don't get why like we we sign gangsters or you know serial killers are all that or anything like you know I don't get why we do. There are tons, and I mean tons, apparently, because they're everywhere these days, of pedophiles just uh, roaming around. Eventually, they fuck up. They touch the wrong kid. They go to prison. Feed them the LSD. Feed them the rat poison. Feed them a bullet, for all I really care. But nonetheless, what I'm saying is quit giving psychopaths like Whitey Bulger money and time off his sentence to dose him with 50 separate <laughs> hits of LSD and do God knows what to him and be like, okay, South Boston, here you go. Here's your brother, son back. <laughs> Fucking ridiculous. It's just ridiculous. All right, so we're not even really talking to the Canadian Mafia at this point, but we'll get back. I'm sure. Um, we always we do always, this. We, we always, always jump well, it's around. Been a while, what very... What's up? It's been a while since we've all caught up. Oh yeah, we're doing we're doing two hours today, boys. That's that's for goddamn sure. I'm just gonna title it like you know why we're here. Like eventually these things just aren't even gonna have episode titles. They're gonna be like, what episode is this? I'm gonna be like, I don't fucking know. You're still counting? Like This is us. <laughs> this, this, this is us. Any of those other podcasts out there that wanna be like, well, we stick to the facts and do, 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 do. yeah, well, that's why you don't have any fucking fun. Um anyhow, that was really that one that one came out a little meaner than I uh meant for it. Dude. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if I would do this if it wasn't. Yeah, I fun. couldn't just you sit here I mean? and fucking. I mean, I guess like if no, if you two would have never came, you know, and like in with me on it or even, but like and be, even me and you figured like, uh, you figure Scott be sort of like a hard one to even try to veer off the path with at all. He'd be a, like a no nonsense motherfucker, and he was, believe me. But there was a couple times I got him to veer off. We uh, like I got we got into talking about Charlie Manson for a little bit. He's a really big Manson aficionado, and he hated Once Upon a Time in Hollywood as much as I fucking did. Um. You know, so we dogged the Irishman in a couple moves for a little bit. I mean, that's what I mean. That's what I do this for, man. Fuck. I mean, I don't do this shit because fucking I'm trying to be. Who is that lady, by the way? Have you guys? I mean, Dave, you're not on Facebook anymore, so this doesn't apply to you. But Rob, who who's the lady she got? I mean, she's getting up there on episode. She's at like 27, 28 now. It's just her. Um, It gets shared in like the uh, like the the mob era forum a lot. She looks uh, she looks like a middle aged lady. She got dark hair. She's pretty she's gorgeous. Uh. Yeah, it's a podcast. What is it? A it's podcast? A, it's another mob history podcast, but it's just this one. Uh, just this one. Just this one gal. I can't think of her fucking name right now, and I can't think of. Uh... Um, I'm not sure who she was. I'm sure I would know her name, but yeah, I, I just I can't think of it. I what can't think of who Saviola. she is. Is that it? Is that is that her? What's her podcast? Called? I I don't know, mate. Um, it's just that I'm um, I'm trying to think who was. Um, we had uh, a lady on National Crime Syndicate. Um, she was doing some videos with um Gunnar Lindblom. Uh, Alan Gunner Limblin. Um No, 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 no. I do know what the, I, I do know that little setup that you're know. talking about. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think the girl, the lady I'm talking about, might have made one with them. I'm gonna uh, we're gonna try to double check this right here. Well, I do that. I'm gonna take you guys on a little bit of a tangent because I got in a debate the other day on one of the serial killer groups. Do you guys think uh, Whitey Bulger was a serial killer? Because I personally do. Yeah, of course. What is? I the, mean, like, what's what's the thing here? 
I mean, and it's if you kill what more than three people, well, I think that classifies you as a serial killer. I mean, you normally you're a psychopath, this that or whatever. But normally, as far as serial killing goes, there there's uh so usually some sort of pattern or patent to the attacks, a type or a type of way of doing things. Uh, you know, like you had the the BTK killer. You know, he bind, torture, kill. You had Ted Bundy who would take picture of his work so you could, and I quote, when you did something right. You want to make, you know, you want to make sure that, you know, you got evidence of it. Like you got that, you got pictures of it to, to know when you did it right. You know, I mean, John Wayne Gacy, I mean, the, the list goes on. But Whitey Bulger, from what Kevin Weeks describes in one video, anytime they would, they would murder somebody in the murder house, wherever that's at in Boston, Rob, we're going to go visit it. Um, he would, after the murder, during like the burial, dismemberment, teeth pulling, whatever the fuck process, he would instruct his, you know, his, his cronies to do what they do, and he would proceed to go upstairs and take a nap. Kevin Weeks, Kevin Weeks once, once described yep. murder as like, because uh, they were like, did it give him a, a thrill? He's like, like a sexual thrill? I don't think it gave him a sexual thrill. I think it was more like taking a Valium for him. And that was the craziest fucking way I'd ever heard murder be talked about, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, he, he I, I would definitely say he yeah, enjoyed I it. I mean... It's like, and then another thing is like, it's not necessarily the enjoyment part with serial killers either. They do usually enjoy it. Don't get me wrong, but it's the, it's the overwhelming, like, need to kill. Almost like, like you got, you like you got an itch. Like there's something wrong. You're like you know, what I mean, like Whitey Bulger is one of the few. Like it's it's few and far between fellas like him, Tommy Karate Patera, who we still got to do an episode on. You know, stuff like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Nikki yeah. Scott, who actually still decide that no matter how high up they get in the organization, will forever participate in the. I mean, look at someone like Tommy Patera. He was the one who consistently would strip his clothes off to hop in the bathtub with the fucking dead body to chop it up properly. You know what I mean? Like it shows a real level of like a like a controlling factor and like a, if I'm not here, this won't get done right. Or like you know what I mean? Like, would you? I mean, quite a lot of the kids. There's quite a lot of serial killers involved in the mafia. I mean, I think when when we talk to serial killers, you're kind of thinking of people like uh, Manson. I'm thinking of like Roy DeMeo. I'm thinking of like uh, you know what I mean, like a Greg Scarpo, Whitey Boulder. I'm not counting your you know your your average uh, bang bang shoot them up, leave them where you find them type. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, Sammy the Bull, he would have been a serial killer, wouldn't he? Sammy the Bull is a fucking serial killer. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, Whitey Bulger. But somebody like, uh, somebody like, I mean, who's a who's a better is it? But somebody like, uh, somebody like Tommy DeSimone, I would consider more of just like a, a loose, loose hinged homicidal maniac, more so than a serial killer. A serial killer is more like a little more cunning, a little more, you know, uh, well thought out. Uh, a little more, uh, gas pipe castle would be another one I'd probably put up there. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it. It's like this uh, Richard Blass guy that I uh, mentioned. He was, you know, you could probably classify him as a serial killer because he had an ex- a hatred for the mafia. Um, I don't know, maybe because they wouldn't let him in or whatever, but he hated them so much that he would just, he started killing Italians, even if they were oh, someone who had crazy. nothing to do with the mafia. And um, yeah, he uh, he killed those a few guys. I mean, he, one guy who had nothing to do with the mob, um, Actually, I think, yeah, he was a loan shark. He was Francesco Grada. He was shot multiple times. Uh, he didn't die, but he ended up being uh, uh, paralyzed. No kidding. Actually, that was G- G- uh, Giuseppe DiMarco, actually, who ended up being uh, 
being penalized. But yeah, he used to just go out and uh, kill him. And that's another thing. That's why the cops were chasing him so hard. He was nicknamed the cat because of his uh, ability to escape jail, escape cops. Yeah. I mean, that's true. That is very true. Right. I'm going to have to find this. I'm going to have to find this podcast for you guys. And uh, I'm going to have to send you guys the link. She does a really good job. I, I really enjoy her. Uh, her forum. It's, it's a good time. Is this the lady who runs the uh, the button yep. guys page? Because I mean, the the one female I know, she runs that page, uh, Instagram and Facebook. I think it's called the Button Guys. It's got like the uh, red logo with the, the hat. That's not the one either. Give me a second. I'm uh, we going we gonna get her. Keep talking about Canadian mafia stuff, boys. I, I'm I was fine. enjoying the conversation about Richard uh, Blaze uh, Blast. I don't mean, dude. I mean, talk about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. Yeah, and uh. In October 1968, Blast was ambushed and shot in a garage. Uh, he was injured, but uh, the guy he was with, Claude Menard, I believe his name was, drove the car. Yeah, he drove the car right through the garage door and he'd able to escape, which saved uh, Blast's life. And uh, in January 1969, he did a bank robbery. It didn't... Um, you know, he didn't get away with any money or anything. He had to flee the scene. He ends up shooting. Did he get 40 years or something? Shooting like, a cop. Like four different sentences of 10 years. Uh, yeah, he got, yeah, yeah, it was 40 years in total. Oh, he got Jesus. four 10-year sentences. Yeah, but he escaped. <laughs> okay, hold some on. Woman, some woman bought in, uh, he's, he, he tried to, I remember he tried to escape um, in a van, I think, on the way to court or something. Um he got caught for that because he did was yeah. he hiding in his wife's apartment or something, Rob. Yeah, that's where that's where I'm he was trying found. To remember uh, about him now. Um, but yeah, because I think didn't didn't his wife bring a gun in or something to the prison? That I don't know. A female did, yeah. I'm not sure if it was his wife, but um it, it was a female, so I, I mean I would assume it was his uh His wife, but he he escaped two different times, and each time he would take a bunch of criminals with him. I mean, one time he escaped with eight guys, another time he escaped with a uh, few more guys, and um, they overpowered the guards on their way to uh, court, I believe. Do you remember what they go on the court for, by any chance, or robbery, probably? Um, I he was bang at it, you know, yeah, it was robbery. probably the robbery oh, or uh, no, I mean, you for sure, you just never know. Motherfuckers are out robbing banks, and you're like, Oh, he got, got caught up for the bank. They're like, No, he got caught up for a heroin charge from 57. You're like, Oh, okay, like, well, one, good, like research. I, I remember one of there was a bar in Canada, um, I think mid 1970s, it was, um, and they locked. Uh, oh God, how many was it? I know there's men and women. There was more men and women, but they locked him inside a locker um, and then killed them all. And it, what followed was one of Can- uh, Canada's biggest manhunts um, looking yeah. for bla- uh, blasts. Because uh, it weren't that long after. I think it was only about three or four days after. That, they, that was obviously when he was shot. It's 27 bullets he got hit by. <laughs> Jesus. I kind of open wind, open fire a little bit. That's fucking fifty-seven. That's fifty cent shooting times two. You know what I mean? Like, or fifty cent like, shooting times three. Jesus. Because I reckon that he shot first, but um, I think someone come out in in about ten year ago um, and was saying that 
he, he wasn't the only thing he was holding was a sock. <laughs> oh man. Yo, did you guys see that you guys see the video that leaked about the dude in uh, Rhode Island or Pennsylvania or wherever it was shooting his neighbors over the snow shoveling incident? No. That fucking video is wild. I did, I seen that, yeah. And the lady when she got I shot mean, the first time, you, you motherfucker! Should have kept your fucking mouth and shut. Then, and then, like, walked there, like, yeah, yeah. I thought he was leaving. I thought he was going back or taking off or yeah. whatever. He just went in his house to grab yeah, another yeah, gun and come real, back though, and finish them off. That video taught me one thing though: was don't buy a thirty fucking two or something, whatever the fuck he's shooting, bro. He hits her. Yeah, he all yeah, over fucking shoveling. Like, fuck, that's the, yeah, that's fucking that shit was crazy. That shit was definitely out of control. Uh, it is funny how over the top people think violence is going to be. Though. I can't tell you how many people that were on there that were like, uh, disrespect, there'd be more blood, there'd be this and that. I'm all like, nah, bro, this is real. Trust me. I could like, uh, I know fucking, I know snuff videos enough to fucking tell you a spoof or a real one. And this one's fucking definitely legitimate. You can sense it in your gut. Like, just the way the guy screams when he first gets hit. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> for, I'll, I'll send it to you, Dave. It's, it's fucking wild. It uh, sounds We're going to show yeah, it's crazy, but we're gonna keep trucking along. On uh, February tenth, uh, Frank Bomb Bomb Bombazario Bombazario. Yep, I think so. Yeah, Frank Bombazario was killed in nineteen seventy seven at the age of seventy one. We got Joseph Barbosa on February eleventh, who died in nineteen seventy six at forty three. So we're making it through February, guy. Oh, uh, Happy Black History Month, by the way, everybody. Uh, any, any, and all African American or minority listeners I have out there. I guess it's Black History Month. Mexicans, everybody else, kindly fuck off till it's your month. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, uh, Happy Black History Month. For real, for real. You guys got 29 days last year, and then the white man dropped it back down to 28. Oh, I mean, ain't that's, ain't that some shit? Anthony Corallo, born 1913. There's a lot of, there's some real motherfuckers born in uh, February for uh, this, this thing of ours, this little podcast lifestyle thing we got going on. Obviously, February 13th, we already talked about Frank Matthews was born uh, in 1944. And here's where I'll <laughs> stop again. You guys pivot. February 14th, 1929, the ever-glorious, infamous, and, I mean, one of the most downright uh, audacious, you know, mass murders uh, ever committed in Chicago in one foul swoop. The St. Valentine's Day Massacre took place where uh, seven individuals were killed. Well, six individuals were killed instantly. And then the seventh one that died at the hospital giving his statement. And I quote, when the police officer asked him who shot, uh, who shot, or yeah, who shot you? He says, nobody shot me. And he died. <laughs> oh, now let's get back down the rabbit hole on what you guys were talking about. I was spacing out trying to find that lady's podcast. It actually is really good. Like it's everything like I set out and aspired to be, you know, professional, well put together, journalistic. And then, you know, I'm just, I'm just trash. So, I mean, that's not, yeah, that's not how it's going to, it's not how it's going to. Yeah. Well, back to blast and the uh, Bob murders um, that Dave was just talking about with uh, the 13 people were killed um, on that day, but they, he killed two more previous that it was, um, in 1974, five years after his, uh, Blast's first prison escape, he escaped again, and um, he wanted to kill the two guys that had testified him, testified against him in the botched uh, bank robbery, and he found them at that bar that um, referred oh, to his, hands. That's what we're calling it. I still, uh, I still don't have the um, the name, but anyways, he um. He went. There, he ended up finding the two guys at the bar. He went there and he killed both of them. And then, a while after, he decides that you know, oh, you know, I left a lot of witnesses behind. So he goes back and uh, you know, 
goes into the bar. There was 13 people total in there, I believe. And uh, he kills them all. He locked them all in a small, like, little bear closet. And um, one was trying to escape, so he shot through the door. And then he took a jukebox and put it in front of the door. And then they got out and he burned That's the building down, shit, man, killing like... everybody. Especially the, the amount of time. Like, it happened... Um, when when he shot the two guys that ratted on him, that was October thirtieth, nineteen seventy four. When he decided to go back and kill the witnesses, that was January twenty first, nineteen seventy five. That's somebody who's got something mentally ill with it. Like, there's no way all the witnesses are gonna still be there. I know. Yeah, exactly. All the people that were there that night, you know, uh, are not gonna be there that again. <laughs> But maybe that was, you know, he was thinking he could by doing it, it would intimidate the others. Yeah, you that better, they better not, not I... talk. Um, it, and Blast, Blast was murdered, so he never uh, stood trial for that, and neither did his partner. Um, but his partner was on the phone with his sister one time, and he had made references about the uh, the hit, and they knew Blast was. Uh, well, something. I mean, go on. Sorry, I'm, I was going to bring it slightly more modern day um, because I've been. Um, last few weeks, I've been doing this kind of all I've been really doing in respect of um, mafia history or mafia stories is doing some um, news reports, uh, sort of catching up on the week's news with National Crime Syndicate. And there was a story that came out on Thursday, ironically, from Canada um, and ironically regarding Endlangata as well. But there was a big uh, prosecution case that was going on in Canada um, against. The, the Italian Mafia, um, or obviously those associated with the Italian Mafia back in Italy. The um, right, I, need, I hope I can say this right. It's the Figliomeni um, crime family, um, and their their um, boss, who is in Canada, was one of the family, Angelo. Um, but they report back to Italy, um, and I mean there was a big. Um, mafia trial that was going ahead, but on Thursday um, it got stopped. It got cancelled because of um, apparently police corruption. Um, the, I thought you were going to say coronavirus. Well, no, police, no, police misconduct. They suspended the case due to police misconduct. Um, so obviously, there's uh, <laughs> there's a lot going on at the moment up there. So um, Scott is probably right, you know. I mean, I don't ever, I don't ever really doubt Scott's right. He's fucking hilarious. Yeah, He's I would say Scott is definitely right. And I was all like, uh, we started wearing dog and the Irishman like we do, and then we get to the you know who done it factor, and I'm all like, well, I mean, allegedly, don't you think it'd be? He's like, oh, I don't need to say allegedly. I'll tell you right now who killed Hoffa. Just like I loved it. I was like, hell yeah, Scott, just fucking well, the thing, motherfucker, in him every chance you get. The police had seized um, a lot of goods. There was something like twenty-seven houses that were seized. Uh, 23 cars, and we're talking high-end, about a million in cash, um, and all other bits and pieces like luxury goods, Rolexes. But um, they had to give it all back. The police, once it got suspended, they've had to give them all the goods back. Uh, there were two Ferraris in there that had to be given back, but there was also a $6,000 bottle of Macallan single malt and a $4,000 bottle of uh, uh, Louis XIII cognac. Oh my goodness! Now that That's I want. Somebody. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Yeah, I've always about. Sorry, guys, it got lost oh. in the um, it got smashed in the transit. <laughs> got smashed in the transit. No, it's all it's all gravy, man. It's all gravy. 
Uh, the candidates are still lively, basically, is what I mean. Yeah, yeah. We got February 15th. I didn't really see anything uh, for that. It just said Jack McGurn, but then when I clicked on it, it just gave me a bunch of spiel about who Jack McGurn was. Uh, I didn't say whether or not he was born or died on that day, so I'm not 100%. Uh, February 16th, Big Jim Calissimo was born in 1878. Um, he... Uh, He's definitely a legend in his own right. We will we will be getting to him uh, eventually. I mean, what we haven't covered of him already. Uh, and uh, Ngagnito, uh, Ant- Antonio, uh, Anta- Antonio, Antonio, How the fuck do you say Antonori? There you go. Thank you guys. I got Antonori. I get better at pensmanship, boys. I need to get a fucking laptop. Uh, was born in 1885 on February 17th. February 18th, uh, Frank Costello died in 1973 at the ripe old age of 62. Rest in peace, Prime Minister. Rest in peace, Prime Minister. And big shout out to Casey McBride again. February 19th, uh, Kareem Lala died in 2002 at the age of 90. Um, I don't, I'm not quite sure what their criminal, his or her criminal background was. I was just sort of jotting facts, you know, put throwing this podcast together. And February 20th, uh, Giovanni Brusco was born in 1957. And uh, I'll save the, I'll save the final eight for towards the end. Um, so what do you, what do you see as the, what are your guys' sort of predictions for the future of the Canadian mafia? Uh, I mean, Rob, you go first and then Dave, you can follow up if you'd like. You know, I don't think, War in uh, Canada will ever stop. I, you know, I, for some, I don't know what it is with those guys, but they always won the war. The only time that there wasn't too much, too much war was when uh, Vito Rizzuto and his father were in charge because they basically kept the peace and they did business with everybody. And when Vito got yeah. arrested, he said to the cops, he goes, you guys are making a big mistake here. Things ain't going to be the same when I'm gone. And he, and he was right. You know, the body started dropping almost immediately. They Rudy took out uh, Rizzuto's son. Bro. They took out his father. His brother they took out the Musitano. Uh, as soon as Vito uh, died in that? 2013, they went after the Musitano um, family as well, who were very much protected by the Rizzutos. So who sort of who, who sort of took the reins after yep, the they wanted to get all done and no more, if you will? And are there any Rizzutos still left yeah. in the family? Yeah, yeah. Rizzuto's Rizzuto has um, yeah, no, he had two it. sons. One was killed. Um, yeah, his son, his yeah, no, yeah, Nick Rizzuto Jr. He was named after his grandfather. He He's was killed while his dad was in jail. In and um, no, that's just in the show. He was um, some say he was leaving his mistress's house, which could have been possible. But he also owned a business right near there too. So he was standing on the street, and someone right next to his uh, black Mercedes, someone came up and shot him. But uh, there's still Leonardo Rizzuto, who is currently. You know, I guess you could say boss of the. They still have what is left of the Rizzuto crime family. Is it pretty much dwindling? Ah, uh, I'd say, uh, I definitely say that's, the Rizzuto. I definitely shame. say dwindling. So, who was the up and comers after they sort of uh, lost the reins? Well, it's the the uh, Figuermanis, um, if I said it right. But again, um, that's kind of going back more to um, the Calabria Mafia, the Angata, rather than kind of. Um, being Canadian-based, if that, if that makes sense, have gone over there on purpose to take over. Yeah, no, I, I hear you. I hear you. That makes sense. Right on, right on. You guys are getting me caught up on my uh, Canadian mob facts. I gave up on that show, uh, Bad Blood, after fucking the first season, you know, kind of summed up the story, how she goes, and they kept trying to go. I was like, yeah, what? Exactly. It, 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 yeah, that's, 
that's a very loosely yeah, but based Tim, on. Tim Coates uh, is the fucking man. Uh, that's always based on. Foster, that, you know, you know, he needs the money. It's, I'll tell you something. It's a lot better than that mob work film that I watched about two minutes of before switching off. <laughs> yeah, not sure. Oh. Hey, hey, and how comes you ain't mentioned my man yet? Fourteenth degree, or is he coming up? Who? Vito. Oh, Vito? Yeah, for when? You mentioned Valentine's Day Massacre, but you didn't mention my man in 1969 dying. Her. Oh, 1969, you remember the date? Yeah, in for February 1969. Springfield, I, I took the first one that popped up, bro. It ain't, it's not fucking... I took, like, uh, I went on the NCS, uh, shout out to NCS again. I went onto their Facebook page, and they got, like, the, you know, this no, day. No, I know, you know, I know. I, know. I actually didn't realize... Um, Vito Genovese died on February 14th. That's yeah, 1969. 1969. Yep. Yeah, I mean, he died you know, in uh, prison. Tends to happen 71. when you you know lead a life of debauchery such as that man led, but was a real gangster and kept it real as fuck till the very end. Hey, yeah, definitely, definitely. I I I still think that Vito Genovese is one of the most un- underrated mafia bosses there are. Oh, yeah, that's a. Uh, I'm, I'm not a big fan of him. Like just, just the way he did things or whatever. But, I admire um, his balls yeah, the same I mean, way I admire Gotti's. I guess, you know, you know, I, was, guess I don't, I don't really get yeah. give too big of a tip of the cap to people yep. that I'm like, well, you know, that probably would be kind of how I would have been if you know if I were an organized guy. I like, I like the people that I want to been. That's why Rizzuto is cool and Gambino and you know, uh, Lu- you know, Lucchese and just motherfuckers who like could fly under the radar and like really really be low-key and like really keep it i there's no just no possible way i'd be able to do it it just wouldn't happen it like i'd either end up like uh the the butt of my own joke sort of like frank costello thinking that i was being real you know uh putting on airs and this and that whoop de whoop and then you know still end up having to go to prison making stupid comments like i pay my taxes when i know i don't you know or i'd end up like fucking you know uh John Gotti, fucking, what's the point of being a gangster if nobody sees that you're a gangster? You know, $2,000 suit, saying how you doing to all the cameras, you know, that whole, that whole, you know, or like a skinny Joe Merlino or something like that. Shout out skinny Joe. I don't know what it'd take to get you on this podcast. Probably a bull in the neck, but, uh. Very skinny Joe these days. He's down in Florida. Never, he? He, would do, he would never do it. Yeah. Motherfuckers also told me that Sammy would never come on here, Rob, and I'm irking closer and closer. I love when a motherfucker says I can't. Oh no, yeah, you got a much better chance to get Sammy because I mean Sammy, you know Sammy's a, you know already gave oh, up tell, a lot I'll of information. Joey so he's not really Joey doesn't explain how it's just a neighborhood thing and he's an upstanding businessman. We can do a whole hour about that. I don't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah, but jo- you know yeah. Joey was a very interesting, very interesting gangster. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, yeah, his story a, and all that. He's definitely a one of a kind gangster, and he's definitely. Uh, uh, I mean, a Philly All Star, really. If I'm if I'm being honest, and if if you in a way, he was the first one to get away with Rico um, since 1979. That was Angels. True, very true. He yeah, also he, got he, got, he got what two years served or whatever a year to do. Yeah. So that's not true. That's not true either. What was his name? Uh, Jackie Gleason, the Jackie Gleason of the mob, got all them boys from Jersey off, fucking just being on the witness stand clowning and shit. Man after my own heart. Jackie Dinoggio, yeah, that was a real. Jackie Dinoggio. Uh, I guess technically you're right though, because yeah. they still got him to go back to prison. He was already doing prison time. So. 
Yeah, that's why he basically want. Yeah. You know, he he even told him put it on me. I mean, not um, I mean not guilty verdict you know. all the way around. They'll talk about fucking humor and your way into something most definitely. But yeah, I mean, as far as uh, as far as Philly goes, especially Philly yeah. bosses go, it's, uh, it goes for me. It goes directly from Bruno to Skinny Joe. They they're tied at the top for me. I I mean, Phil Testa never got much of a chance to do anything, so I really shouldn't like sit here and dog him. I, I mean, think Phil Testa would have been incredible. Do you? Yeah. Yeah, I... something about his mustache just throws me <laughs> off. I don't like it. I'm serious. I make random accusations about you know on people like that. Like he looks like my buddy Kyle Raditz. Shout out Kyle Raditz. He looks like Kyle Raditz's dad, Papa Raditz. And I'm just all like, Papa Raditz, what are you doing? You're not a gangster. You know what I mean? I'm like, thinking of the wrong one, then. No, Chicken Man Testa. He got blown up on his front porch. No, right uh, really... Sal- yeah, Salvi. Yeah, yeah. No, no, Salvi's his son. Sorry, mate. I was sorry, my bad. I was thinking that, that, Salvi. Son, yeah. I mean, Salvi would have been. Oh, now that was a good. Now that was a good-looking kid. That kid should have worked as well. The fucking Nicky Scarfo gunning, gunning him. Oh yeah, if if Scarfo didn't kill him, that you know he had probably a chance to be in boss one day. And yeah. Scarfo knew that. Uh, Scarfo, Scarfo knew that. You know, and that's why he took him out. And one thing that's real fucked up that is Phil Testa when he became boss and uh, made Scarfo his underboss. He said to Scarfo, "If anything happens to me, take." care of my son and scaffold gave him his hey, word that he would paranoid. and then now he that, fucking kills the now kid. that was a, a psychopath just sociopath serial killer whatever you want to call yep. it scaffold but i yeah i don't care what anybody says i know some people don't agree with agree with me on this topic but i think like um i really no. don't believe that he was trying to take uh nicky scaffold's oh, crown uh, i think he was yeah. loyal to scaffold yeah i re- yeah, yeah. Like some people think, uh, you know, oh, yeah, he's trying to take over the family. No, no, I don't think so at all. I mean, he was loyal. What happened is a newspaper when named he's got him, like, but, uh, you well, know, a rising star in the mafia. He's Godfather. And, uh, that's... I mean, probably the sick fuck. Nicky Scarfo once he said could he was going to uh, because he spent too much I'm money. Not sure. so. I'm, I'm sure it was because um, Nicky Scarfo, what was his second wife's name? Dominica. Dominica. His second wife, and I'm sure that him and his second wife were Salvatore's godparents. He had a second wife, some a second woman married that man. Nicky Scarfo, yeah. Are they, are they starved over there in Philly? <laughs> Philly ladies, what's going on? It's your boy up. No, I uh, yeah, no, I agree. I think Salvi Testa was of. I, I can tell you one further, just because I don't fucking like the guy. Fucking, I think fucking Phil Leonetti probably fucking planted in fucking Nikki's ear that fucking Salvi was getting too big for his britches, yada, yada, yada. I got no proof. I got no proof of that. I have zero proof. Well, no. Yeah, no. I don't think so because Leonetti was a really good friend of uh, Salvi, and I believe he Leon- tried Leonetti to, uh, was real loyal you know, to his save uncle, him. too, this man who he looked up to since he was 10 years old. So, I mean, you'll have to excuse me if his best friend doesn't really get me all sentimental. Yeah, it, it just I I I sadly test. I mean, well, we never know, will we? How old was he when he got taken out? He's really still young, wasn't he? Twenty two. Yeah, twenty two, twenty three, something. Like that. He was young. He was in his twenties. He was actually he was supposed yes, to marry uh, and Joey Molino. Was he going to get his button soon, or didn't he already receive his button, which would have been a very early age? Oh yeah, that's true. I guess, oh, he was a main guy. I believe. He had to open up the books. Eventually. I'm pretty sure he's very made. difficult to find anybody who's got a bad word to say about him, isn't it? He was probably. Yeah, yeah I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. Um, when Trump involved with his dad, who, um, 
I would yeah. Trump Plaza in Atlantic City. Yeah, 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 yeah. Trump, Trump did a lot of work with uh, the with Scarfo's uh, contracting company and concrete company. Yep, yep. Absol- absolutely. Um, what? yeah, no, he didn't really. Yeah, he had no he choice. Just had to give his um, tax uh, records over in it to man a uh, court in Manhattan. Old Trump, that should be interesting if we get to ever hear that or we'll see any of that. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't count on it, Dave. When's the last time our country really ever showed what they said they were looking for when they, you know, quote unquote, allegedly found it? You know, I don't, I don't, I don't. Yeah, I like when, like, you know, like you're reading on a mobster, and um, then like there's so many connections to other mobsters, um, whether it's family or whatever, like uh, Tommy Gitano, Tommy Reno, who was also born this month, um. Actually, no. I'm so, I'm sorry. He died this month. He was born in uh, in September, but he died February 26, 1930. He was shot and killed. But um, his son Jack was a, also a mobster, and he became a pretty powerful one too. And his daughter Sammy, Mildred was actually Guia- married to Joe Guiano or Guiano. I don't know how to pronounce your last name, Sammy G from fucking Philadelphia, but. I do know he's going to be really fucking bummed when he hears, like, the last 45 minutes of this podcast. And he's like, bro, what the fuck? <laughs> like, <laughs> No, I need to get him on here with you, fellas. He's a good dude. I want to fucking sort of hone his craft. He's uh, he's another one who, like, when, like, you know, when the thought ends or when a memory that he could tell you about whoop-de-whoop this or that person ends, like, he uh, he just doesn't, like, keep talking or, like, making himself talk. So, like, that's the only thing, real thing we got to work on with him is the dead air. But other than that, I mean, he's a Philly guy, fucking – I need people. I need people everywhere, man. You know what I mean? Oh, I wanted to Are you guys? <laughs> okay, I was gonna say, y'all still there? <laughs> yeah. Did you guys hear yeah, that yeah. Uh, El Chapo's wife was recently fuck. arrested? You, oh yeah, no, I'm, she was I'm held without. Uh, Do you see? Um, we're going off off key a little bit. Um, Christian's picture um, of uh, uh, El Mano Negro. Um, with um, that book from the second book of Mitzi Serretto that Christian's in, uh, Small Towns, the best new true crimes, Small Towns. Christian's got a picture of El Mano Negro, because Christian wrote a story in there about the black hand, El Mano Negro, um, and he's actually got the book in prison, and Christian's got a photo of it. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. No, it is, it and is. That could be oh, a <laughs> No, no, you're good. You're good. No, I mean, for, for, for Christian. Not for, I mean, um, it's like, could you imagine, like, writing a book or writing a story and then, like, say, John Gotti's still alive and you get a picture of John Gotti? It's just incredible. No, that's a, I mean, that's amazing. That just made me think of uh, a little fun tidbit I had to tell you guys. Our, our boy James Pieri yep. and his book uh, about Carlo Gambino is doing very well. Big shout out to him. But he was actually able to give me a definitive age when Carlo was made in the Coast of North. Wow. Sixteen. 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 Yep. Sixteen. When did he come over? Nineteen. Wow, when he uh, was he oh, nineteen was he, or twenty-one? When he, he came over in nineteen twenty-one, um, or was he at nineteen? He came over in nineteen twenty-one. He was born in nineteen oh two, so he would have been. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So he was made yeah. Yeah. back yeah, he in. Made uh, back he in was it. made in uh, Italy. And, uh, right? Yeah, he's uh, that. He, I, I want to put him on contest for youngest uh, member of the Costa Nostra ever receive his button. Most definitely. That's and and, and that's a proper button, a real honor society. 
um, not just uh, being made into the American Italian mafia. He was he was pure Sicilian mafia. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, hundred percent. Speaking of pure Sicilian mafia, uh, February twenty first, Carmine Galante was born, nineteen ten. Yeah, you like how I did that and one? That one, was, that one was pretty smooth. And Canada, yeah. Uh, February twenty second, Joe Joey Aupo uh, died at eighty nine in nineteen ninety seven. Oh, let's see. February twenty third. I didn't have anything wrote down. You got either. You guys got a good one for February twenty third? Uh, no. <laughs> Fred, hell yeah, yeah, I do. Dave, um, born? Do Frank Rio. He was he was born in June eighteen ninety five, and um, he died in February February twenty third nineteen thirty five. Uh, he died of a heart attack, which is, you know, when I first, a while back when I first did research on him and um, I realized he was, he was 39, yeah. I automatically assumed yeah. he was killed. You know what I mean? Because you don't hear people dying that, that young, but he had a, he had a heart problem, but he's a very interesting guy. He okay. was one of okay. the shooters yep. Yep. in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Yeah. yeah. And when uh, you guys know Ch- who Charles Lindbergh is, he was the, uh, the, fa- the famous guy who flew the uh, airplanes. When his son was kidnapped, Al Capone sent Rio oh, wow. to the Lindberghs to offer their help. Um, Lindbergh turned it down. He turned it down, Lindbergh. Uh, he didn't, you know, even even though it could have helped save his son. Uh, well, actually, no, it wouldn't because the kid, the baby was already dead. But, uh, yeah, no, he told them basically he didn't <laughs> he says, Fuck need off. Help. He didn't want to help. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck yeah. And, uh, yeah, so Frank Rio, he passed away of uh, – um, a heart attack at uh at his home and uh his men actually came instead of like you know calling the car and like you normally do his men came and took him to uh took him to the morgue and some say they did that because they wanted to keep his death quiet for smart, as long as they could so they crew. could split up his rack that grew very fucking well everybody else wanted them. we got february 24th willie willie boy moretti is born 1894 Willie Moretti, Willie Boy Moretti. Willie Moretti. What's up? He's an interesting, yeah. another interesting. He's another interesting guy. Um, in nineteen, in nineteen fifty, he was uh he had to testify before the uh, Senate Select Committee on Organized Crime, and they asked him how long he's been in the mafia, and he says, "What do you mean? Like, do I carry a membership card that says mafia on it?" And they say him. They say him opening his mouth like that was one of the reasons why um, they killed him. There's a few versions behind it. Uh, you know, he was a big Costello supporter, so I think, you know, Genovese wanted him out of the way. Um, but uh, another thing was, is that mm. uh, he was actually I mean, please, allegedly an FBI how many of them there were, it wouldn't surprise me. And I mean, it kind of kind of holds water like because it's, well, it's in the FBI files. So. Yeah, yeah, well, that's, yeah, he didn't, he didn't shy away from attention, and he'd make them all laugh, he always, like, you know, like how he said, uh, yeah, you know, what do you mean, like, do I get a card that says mafia on it, I'm sure half the people in there laughed, like, he was yeah, just, you, uh, about two, you know, he's just a funny guy like the that, media. We, got, we got a double bag, he actually, Kenny Joe, in the media, we got, we got well, one, Kenny Joe, one more thing about him, though, um, about Moretti, is a lot of people don't know that in the 1930s, he helped an unknown singer at the time. He was unknown, 
Frank Sinatra um, get gigs and all that, and he helped Sinatra's career. And when um, when someone wouldn't let Sinatra out of the contract, Willie Moretti went to him and held the gun on him and made him sign the contract, which is how wow. the, Godfather, yeah, the, the movie The Godfather Luca came up with that. <laughs> Luca Brasi is here to see. I know that was, that was always the most upsetting part is you didn't get more screen time with Luca. But what are you going to do? February 25th, Bugs Moretti. Okay, you're good. Yeah. Yeah, well, no, Luca, I know. Sorry, one more thing. Luca was actually a monster. Well uh, pretty well respected yep. head knocker of uh, Joe Colombo himself. And he couldn't but get nothing right, could he? He couldn't get none of his lines right or anything, but they just let him crack on. Because no, he was, so, he was so starstruck yeah. by fucking uh, Marlon Brando. Yeah, he couldn't, get, he couldn't get none of his lines right. No, that but they left it in. They left him right. like that, didn't they? Yeah, 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 yeah. They, yeah, they just left them in. They couldn't because uh, uh, Marlon Brando was getting frustrated. All right, I got to get this February twenty fifth out, guys. This is gonna drive. Who's twenty fifth in? Sorry, February twenty fifth. Fucking good old Irish. Fucking pretty sure Bugs Moran was Irish. Uh, uh, dies in nineteen fifty seven at sixty three. Um, February twenty sixth. Rob already got that one for us. February twenty seventh. Uh, a slain uh, Usana is born in nineteen thirty seven. I do not know who that is. Once again, I'm just. Hopping on and off the uh, NCS uh, webpage over there at Facebook. And finally, February 28th, Benjamin Bugsy Siegels, born in 1906. Ooh. Talk about talk about a hell of a way to sum up the month. That's definitely one of my favorite. Siegel, he, yeah, and someone else that I think got the raw end of a deal that, that um, made him. I think his death had more to do with Chicago than it did to do with um, New York. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I could see that. I could definitely. I, I mean, I definitely could could get into that. Casey McBride pointed out a good, uh, a little position that he takes on Bugsy Siegel not being this crazed lone wolf, uh, homicidal maniac like we all have been led to believe he is, which is a very interesting theory. And I'm definitely a. Uh, I mean, I, I I definitely hear him out on it. I definitely mm. hear him out on it. You don't really get the nickname Bugsy if you're unless you're a little crazy, especially during that time period where that's in particularly what that meant. But hey. I fucked with uh, Casey McBride, so agree to disagree. Um, I am starting to get a piercing head. Yeah, I'm, I'm so you kind of. You know what? I, I owe you guys an apology, really, because I haven't had that much time to be able to do any research whatsoever for this. So I come into it a bit blind. So. Um, oh, bro, it was it was great, man. I mean, you stirred up conversation. We did our thing. We're fucking eighty-five minutes. Couldn't have been that bad, you know. At this point, like, <laughs> I mean. But no, uh, no, man. Next time, next time we hop on here, I'm gonna try to get uh, Danny Trejo and uh, uh, Sammy from uh, Philly to come on, and we can ask them some questions and sort of get, do around the horn. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You guys got any shout outs or anything you'd just like to say? Repeat, I'll just repeat that? everything I said right at the start. So um, no, I'm cool, brother. Hell yeah, brother. What about what about you, my Boston brother? <laughs> All right, right on. Tell you my, I sell okay. hello, Rob. Uh, yeah, Dave, yeah, yeah. Sell Kelly, give her all my love. And uh, you boys stay safe. But I'm telling you what I'm exposing. Are you with the press and everybody? This is my doom. Somebody asked his wife what he does for a living. She said he provides.